Welcome to the Market Beautifully Podcast, a show where I offer marketing advice for lady entrepreneurs who crave to crack the code when it comes to getting noticed or expanding their brand online. I'm your host, Haley, and I can't wait to chat with you about what I have planned for today's episode. Thank you so much for tuning in this week. I'm so excited you are here and that we get to chat again. So I know you know that I love marketing. Obviously, I started this podcast, which is all about authentic marketing techniques so your message can get seen by more people. And in the marketing world, we talk a lot about launching. I feel like someone is always having a quarterly launch, a monthly launch, or even weekly mini launches, and everyone's launching their new program, their new service, their new coaching consultation, or that product that they just ordered a bunch of, right? I feel like we forget about the pre-launch and post-launch strategy though. And I truly believe that if we spend just a few more moments on the pre-launch and post-launch phase, that we can get our engagement up, our conversions up during our whole entire launch process. So I brought on Kate Boyd today, who is a launch strategist, and she helps people build funnels and map out their launch strategies, which is very similar to what I offer my clients as well. So I knew we would both hit it off so well and feed off each other other's excitement over launching. Kate is so incredible and I just know you're going to love her. So let's go talk with her and map out our own pre-launch and post-launch strategies together throughout this episode. Hello, Kate. Welcome to the show. Well, thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Yes. Okay. So tell us all about what you do, what your business is, and, and how you got started. Yes. So I am a launch and marketing strategist, and so I help entrepreneurs make a bigger impact with less hustle by helping them to optimize, automate, or delegate their marketing tasks. You know, the ones that they know that they have to get done, but they don't actually enjoy. Right. (laughs) Um, And so I actually have a background in journalism. That was my degree. Um, And over five years of leading um, nonprofit marketing communications, Um, and then online business experience in two different types of businesses. One was very, um, was mostly digital products and passive income. And the other was service based with some digital products and group programs. Um, and just decided that the best way that I could serve people moving forward in online business and, um, even stepping out of my job so that I could help people a little bit more is to help people grow, nurture, and mobilize their tribes so that they can have success, but also have some time to enjoy that success that they're creating for themselves. Right. I like that. So what does your day-to-day look like with that? Oh, it looks different all the time, which is kind of fun. So I love that it's a combination of like actually talking to people and engaging with people, but then also allows for a lot of projects where I just get to sort of like sit back and relax or not relax, but do the work too. So, um, I mean, as a journalist and a writer, naturally, I really love getting in and just sitting back and writing and, um, doing some of that work. So, you know, half the week looks like client projects that really include me to go deep that way. And the other half includes me doing stuff for my own business, but also, you know, um, the one-on-one creative brainstorming intensives that I do with people, Um, which are also really fun because those are probably the two things that I love most are like getting in a room and going deep into somebody's thing and brainstorming with them and coming up with ideas. And the other part, I actually really enjoy the implementation too. I'm like a weirdo that way that I actually like sitting down and doing that. But 
you know, I love writing sales emails and I love sitting down to, you know, think through and dream up new ideas and then actually put the pieces in place to implement them. Um, and so, yeah, I love that my week actually gets to balance out those two things. Yeah. Isn't that the best when you get on a strategy call and you get a, you know, map out everything. I love mapping out funnels and launch plans and strategy and just like showing them it's like the best feeling ever whenever you show them how you can get Pinterest traffic and then you use email marketing and a Facebook ad and a promoted pin and then you like put it all together in this map and you show them and it all clicks and like seeing their eyes light up I just feel like that's the best moment ever that's why I love what I'm doing totally I totally agree that I just love getting those ideas and then yeah, the look on their face and like the ideas that they get generated from those interactions is, yeah, priceless. It's the best part of what we do. <laughs> yeah. So when we're talking about launching, we're typically making a whole map. Is that what you do? Like you start out with the whole map of your whole entire launch plan and all the pieces and kind of like fit it together like a kind of loosely fit puzzle? Yeah. I mean, it comes together in a few, I mean, every, the way we come to it is different with every person. Cause I feel like sometimes the ideas come roundabout, but there are certainly main components that you look at. So first you look at what they're launching and how that fits into their business or get into the details of that. And then creating an experience, um, around that to actually like trigger the launch is usually the next. And then, um, the actual launch part um there's pretty I mean I feel like there's really consistent things that happen like in an actual during the time of a launch that um uh, though it can vary a little bit there's going to be you know pretty solid strategy uh that's kind of time tested there but then we also go back and say okay what do people need to know before the launch and how can we be preparing them for weeks or months ahead of time to be ready to purchase the thing Um, so I really help people come in and develop a, a pre-launch strategy alongside their launch strategy. Um, so that they're actually continuing to, so they're actually preparing people to buy whatever it is that they're launching in advance. Um, so that when they open the card, it's kind of a no brainer and it really helps to, um, increase those conversion rates a lot more. Um, so yeah, I'd like to take like a holistic approach to, the launching process and thinking through like the whole thing so that they're not just like launching and selling that they're actually doing that in a way that builds relationships for the future. Even if people don't take them up on their offer. Right. Yeah. And I like that you mentioned the pre-launch because with the pre-launch, the whole purpose of it is to get as many leads in as possible and then warm them up. So whenever you are starting that launch, then they're ready to buy. You've already warmed them up. And, and, you know, we talk about in marketing all the time, and I'm sure you talk about this with your clients, Kate, you know, the warm and cold leads and, you know, cold leads are, we've always talked about how they're more expensive and they're harder to reach. They're harder to get them to pull their wallets out and make that change that you want them to make, whatever it is you're selling. Um, and, you know, it could be a transformation with your product or your service, whatever it is. It's harder to get them to pull out their wallets for that. But if you've already warmed them up ahead of time, it's so much easier because they already have that connection with you. So how long do you typically encourage clients to have for that pre-launch period? Like how many days or months do you typically suggest? Yeah, I think for a really great pre-launch, you probably would, I mean, ideally is at least eight weeks. I think even 12 weeks out, there are some things you can do to jumpstart the lead process, Um, like getting extra visible, being on, you know, podcasts and guest blogging and, you know, just 
starting to get some of those leads in so that eight weeks out you can actually start, that's when you can really start warming them up mm-hmm. with the pre-launch content that you prepared. So I, I, in a perfect world, you're doing probably 12 to eight weeks, you know, 12 weeks out, really starting to do some of that list building stuff, that lead generation. Um, and then eight weeks out, you're starting that nurturing process, though you're probably still list building and, and generating leads at that point. Um, it really helps to balance both or to be able to focus a little at a time on all those. And of course, you know, three, four weeks out, you're really getting ready for the actual launch itself as you're still doing some of that stuff. So, um, you know, if you have the time and if you're planning well, um, then I think, yeah, you're probably looking at two to three months in advance. Right. So what are some things that you suggest people do during the pre-launch? Like, you know, we obviously want to get as many emails as possible, but what are some suggestions that you have? Yeah, well, I think one of the main things that sometimes people don't always think about is actually to pre-validate their offer, make sure that what the idea that they have is actually something that their audience wants and needs. Um, I actually, once upon a time, in my first business, before I launched my first product to them, which was actually my first thing I ever launched for them, or anything actually, (laughs) was the first thing I launched online, I in my mind, what I wanted to create was something totally different than what they told me that they needed. Um, Mm. Fortunately, I had, I don't know, the idea or the suggestion or something to send out a survey first to get a sense of like what they're really struggling with. And the answer was like really was what was like the complete opposite of what I was thinking. And so having that made it really easy to then say, okay, this is what they want. How do I reverse engineer that into a product that will actually help them? Um, And so you've got to sort of balance like what's the problem they're having? What are they really looking to have solved? And then, you know, then combine that with your zone of genius and you find like the right thing to launch. Mm -hmm. So I think that's a step that a lot of people miss. And so you would, I think you can trace most flopped launches back to not pre-validating quite enough because there are even other things that you have to pre-validate like it's not just the topic sometimes it's how it's presented or the format that it's packaged in Mm -hmm. um and sometimes it's the price point so there's all sorts of things so I would say that's number one in pre-launch um number two is really like is that priming content phase like we're actually talking you're getting them familiar with the topic that you're talking about you're establishing your, your authority around it but you're also addressing maybe some of the mindsets, myths, and mistakes that people make around those things. So you're helping to shift their beliefs about maybe what they think they know about that or what it really takes to do this. Mm-hmm. So you're setting them up to actually then step into your product that says, like, this is the, the good way to do it. And now you've sort of already addressed some of those maybe that what could be potential objections down the line because you've already shifted some of their knowledge or beliefs around that. Um, I think another thing that people don't always think about is slowly upping the, the schedule of their content or the frequency of their communication with their people. You know, you go from communicating once a week to then communicating every day during a launch and that's a big jump to make. So during the pre-launch phase, I always have them sort of step up. If you normally do once a week, let's start going to two a week. And then as you prepare for like your webinars or your challenges or whatever you're kicking your launch off with. Let's then start thinking about how we, you know, maybe step into three. So when you step into four or five days a week, it doesn't feel like you're totally spamming them because they're not used to that. So I think that's something that people forget is just to kind of ease people into the schedule. Mm -hmm. Um, 
And then I think this is also a great time to start collecting warm leads. So we talked about, you know, actually getting leads in, but not just warming them up with content, but figuring out ways to take the people who are already warm leads. Like maybe they're the people who a hundred percent of the time open your emails. What can you do to like connect with them or give them something that's more exclusive that can warm them up even more? Is there a free training that you can do? Is there, you know, or do you send them a personal invitation? Like what are the personal sides of this that you can incorporate even in pre-launch to start getting, um, either pre-sales or even just warming up the appropriate contacts or getting to know people better so you have people to personally reach out to during the launch period. So those are really the things that I think a lot of people overlook. And they're not necessarily crucial to a success, like to a decent launch, but they can take a good launch um, higher, you know, to a higher level with just those little things that don't even take that much more time. No, like you said, it increases conversion rates, which is our whole game during the launch portion is, okay, how high can I get my conversion rate? Because that's really what it's all about. And by making sure that they know that you care about them and, you know, with the emails, you're increasing that frequency. If they start opening up those emails, I mean, think about it. They're now getting into a habit of opening up your emails and they're thinking, oh, it's value. You know, that's exactly mm-hmm. what you want them to get in the in the frame of mind. And I'm so glad you mentioned pre-validation because I feel like, you know, those tasks on your Asana task list and you're like, I do not want to do that. I feel like pre-validation is that task for most people. <laughs> and I know it is for me too. And I used to, like years ago, when I would create a product, I didn't, I never pre-validated because, you know, you get in this mindset where you're like, I know my audience, but you really don't. And you may think you do, but it's so good. Like you said, just send out a survey, just see what people are saying. If you have an email list or a Facebook group, or even just a Facebook page or on Instagram stories, uh, survey your audience and let them tell you what they want. Because if you think about it, they're the ones that are going to be paying for this transformation that you're offering to them. So you need to make sure that the transformation that you're spending all this time creating is the right thing. Totally. And I think the other thing that I think people get scared of pre-validation a little bit too, because they don't want to be told that they have a bad idea or that it's not the right thing. But I think the main thing to remember is that you're there to serve your audience, like you were saying. Like, they're the ones who are ultimately here. They've been following you. You know, you're here to serve them. And so that's important. And I think the other thing is that often if something doesn't pre-validate well, there's usually just a small tweak to it that needs to be made. It's very rare that what you are thinking of um, is totally off base. Um, Like, even in my cheerleading business, if I had to launch that thing, they probably would have bought it. They needed that, too but it wasn't their most pressing need or um, something else I launched in in one of my businesses that did okay. It didn't do great. And I realized it's because I positioned it the wrong way. So the same thing packaged the same way, but with a different sort of focus, Um, even though we would have done all the exact same things, but if it had like a different name or was focused in a different, like toward a different result, even though we would have done the exact same process, may have converted better because it would have spoken to a need that they had even more. So maybe even the solution that you're creating is right on, Mm -hmm. but they need to connect with it um, from a need perspective. And so you're really just giving yourself the opportunity to hear what they need and create and then reverse engineer the thing or even just tweak the thing that you want to create in order to make sure that it helps them get there. Yeah. Yeah. 
I think that's fantastic. And I feel like we just need to wrap up all those tips and then there's your (laughs) (laughs) pre-lunch. Yeah. So main purpose, creating warm leads, getting as many people on our email list as possible, increasing our contact with our potential customers, our audience, and making them feel as loved and special as they possibly can during that time. Do you feel like that wraps up what pre-launch is all about? Yeah, it's totally just about building and connecting. Right. Okay, so now we've done our pre-launch. Now let's say we've launched. We've gone through that crazy mess of launching. We're now breathing, and now we're going to the post-launch phase. So our hair may be a little bit crazy. We may need to take a shower at this point. Okay, now post-launch. A lot of people skip this. They do not talk about post-launch because the launching just phase of your month is insane so just thinking about something after the launch it may send people into a panic so what do you say about this like what is necessary in that post-launch phase so I think what's necessary in post-launch is really just to re-establish connection to love on them again to show that you care for them even if they didn't buy your thing um and so I think that's really the most important thing to kind of communicate and you know Re, um, reinstate for them so that they just so that they don't feel like just another number or like that all you cared about was whether or not they bought this thing that you're then shifting into a season that um, can be you know a little bit easier on them from like a communication perspective as well and the good part about this is that it doesn't even have to be um doesn't even have to be like new content that you create. This can be repurposed stuff. This can be stuff that point. has performed really well in the past that sort of makes sense with what they're doing. And so you can actually just take stuff and give it back to them. So a couple of things that I like to do are sometimes I like to have a new freebie ready or an old freebie that's like really old, hasn't been talked about very much, but still kind of fits with this. Um, with maybe whatever you just launched or if they weren't ready for what you launched, maybe it helps them get ready for what you launched. Mm -hmm. Um, just as a nice little gift, like thanks for sticking it out with me through this whole thing. Mm -hmm. Um, it's also a great time to step back the communication again. So then sort of go back to the two days and maybe the one day a week, take it easy on yourself. And this is even where you don't necessarily have to prepare new content, right? Like we were saying, you can repurpose stuff that maybe it's already happened Or maybe you had like some guest blogs that went up a while ago that need revisiting. This can be a great way to also that builds your authority, right? They see you on other places, but you're also giving them value without you feeling like you have to show up and be there. Because I know I go through a post-launch blues and I love launching. So for me to like come out the other side for a couple of days and be like, I just need to to sleep. Like you can schedule your post-launch communication and it be done. Um, and so you really want to be pumping value back at them and taking a break. Don't not asking anymore, like whether that's, you know, asking them to sign up for a new training or sign up for a new thing, give them a period. Maybe it's just a couple of weeks where it's just breathing and it's just value so that they're starting to sort of adjust again. And this is also a great time to get back in touch with them. Like just send a simple email that says, Hey, you know, Note it, you can ask them like why they didn't buy or what they're really struggling with now. Maybe this is when you send a survey um, to get to know them and what they really need to hear and want to hear. And then you can sort of start the cycle back over again, right, for the next quarter after you take a little bit of break. So this is a great time to actually continue to connect, build relationships, and establish yourself 
um, as a credible person um, and as a person who can help them, who can serve them well. And, um, you know, which just helps warm them up for the next time that you want to launch something and can even help you in creating the next thing that you want to launch. Right. I like that. So we have scheduled out all of our emails. So you're saying start back at two and then move on to one. So let's say you're sending out two emails a week for two weeks. And then on that third week, you can move back to one and transition back to that. So we scheduled out all those emails. What else can we do to make our audience warmed up even more? Like even if they didn't buy, how can we um, not, I don't know, I'm trying to think of the word make them feel so special to where by the next time we launch, they're ready to buy, not again, but I'm trying to think of yeah. this question. <laughs> I have it in my head. You, you know what I'm trying to say? Yeah. So I think it's really important to use this as um, a time to hit them with high value content. So think about what's the next, what is helpful for them? Where are they struggling? How can I you know, give them something, maybe what's some of my most high performing content in the past that people continue to comment on that I hear from all the time. Mm -hmm. How can I share that? Um, or maybe it's like a webinar that you did that you can post back there. Um, and, or some other resource that maybe you've created to just give back to them. And that warms them up because hopefully that helps them get a result that helps shift beliefs that helps them see you again as a person who's very knowledgeable and helpful. Um, I think the next thing is really to talk to them. Like this is the time when you can talk to them. If they've stuck with you through a launch and they didn't unsubscribe, that means they really care about you, right? Um, well, I think it's two things, right? This is a time where you can clean up your list. So maybe you've had a lot of people come in and your list is now looking a little less engaged because you just emailed them a ton. So maybe even the freebie that you send them is to say like, thanks for sticking it out. If you want to unsubscribe, I understand, click down there. If you want to stay on, here's a resource for you. Click through and I'll make sure that you stay on my list, that kind of thing. So this can be a great time to start weeding people out if they're not going to be engaged. So even if they don't open that one or they don't click through and they don't unsubscribe, you can send like one more, hey, are you still interested email? And if they don't open or respond, you know, let them know you'll unsubscribe them in three days or something. And then you're giving them a chance. Um, you can even take control. You don't have to wait for them to unsubscribe. You can totally remove people from your list if they haven't opened anything in a while. Mm -hmm. um, and that just re-engages your list. Make sure that you have the right people for the next time. And once you have the right people, talk to them. Get to know them. Maybe have free calls with them. Maybe host, you know, little group chats or coffee connections with people um, or send out that survey, you know, get to know them and say like, what are you struggling with now? How can I help you? Um, and that helps you with your content strategy, your next launch, all of that. So I think it's really important in this time to really re-engage and connect in the post-launch phase because chances are you've got another thing coming up in three, six, nine months, right? So you need to go ahead and be preparing them um, for whatever it is that's coming next and even preparing yourself, giving yourself the leg up in that as well by figuring out how you can serve them best. I like the group coffee date idea, even though I know that sounds so time consuming, but I really do like that. And what I found is picking up some random people off your email list, typically those that are the most engaged and then getting on Skype with them, like jumping on Skype mm -hmm. and saying, 
hey girl or hey hey dude like what's up and just chatting with them because then you're thinking you're really taking your time out of your day to talk to them and that has proven to be so effective for me and yeah I know it is time consuming so it sounds really daunting and intimidating but I mean it really does help and I like that you said group uh, not coaching when I think of group I immediately go to coaching in my mind but group calls because you know then you're you're talking to several people and it's not just one-on-one so it does save time but then you're also getting to know the people on your list which is so important if you are the type of business that is having to launch all the time not all the time but at least every month or every other month or every quarter you need to know those people on your list because those are the people that you're serving so I like that you said that Totally. It's really important to be connecting all the time. And then that can always contribute to your warm leads list for your launch too. So it's just a cycle that keeps going. Yeah. And I feel like after your launch, maybe if there was some kind of community that you had after your launch Mm -hmm. that you could lead them to. And even if that means on Instagram, I feel like on Instagram, my Instagram stories, that's a community. I have a Facebook group, but on Instagram stories, man, if I have an Instagram story that goes out and I ask a question, I'm getting so many DMs. It's like a little community. I Mm -hmm. love it. And I know you're really active on Instagram stories too. So I love Instagram story community. I love my Facebook group community. So after a launch, I always lead people there because then I can connect with them on other platforms and then they see my face come up. They see me. They want to comment. I connect with them. I can help them with whatever they need and it's more personal. So that is another way that you can love on your audience as well and also giving them a name. I know that sounds kind of weird, but um, I know let's Russell Brunson, he does this really well with his ClickFunnels people after a launch like he'll make you feel like you're a part of the community if you buy because he calls you a funnel hacker and Mm -hmm. you're like I am a funnel hacker like that is your identity now because you bought into his program or his software and I love that idea of okay now you have a name because you're a part of my family and like you're a part of the click funnel family you're a funnel hacker and people have this as their phone wallpaper I mean how cool is that so you're giving them an identity that's part of your brand now and even if they didn't buy like you could really incorporate that idea to even if they didn't buy you could call them some kind of name like hey I thanks for sticking it around I'm glad to know that you're a blank like whatever you want to call them and then that makes them feel connected to other people in your community as well as you Yeah. Anytime you can create a community, especially in an online business, Mm -hmm. you are doing everybody a favor because you are being able to then associate an identity and create like a special identity around what you do. But you're also connecting them to other people. And that's always so powerful. So anytime you're able to ever create a community, like I had a Facebook group and, you know, they were all women starting starting businesses. They were really early. And so I called them dreamers and they loved it. It was just really fun to be like, Oh, we're the dreamers. Like when I would get on a video. And so it's really fun to just, yeah, I think it doesn't have to be complicated. Um, and inviting them to connect on multiple platforms is always a great idea because the more that they see us in different places, the more that know, like, and trust builds and that just increases their connection to us. Um, and to what we do. And that gives them an opportunity to encounter us in all sorts of ways. Like you mentioned in Instagram stories mm-hmm. there, we do tips and things like that, but you know, there's also a great, it's a great way to get feedback. Right. It's a great way to show behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. There are all sorts of things that you can do, especially in these like video things that, um, 
allow us to speed up the, you know, connection factor in our businesses um, that help warm up leads now and in the future. And if nothing else, they just help us serve better. And that's okay, too. Yeah. I mean, having that consistent content that you're putting out, and like for instance, this podcast, it comes out every single Monday. Well, after a launch, I can say, are you listening to the Market Beautifully podcast? It's completely free, and it's a resource that you can use. And I'm bringing mm-hmm. on really awesome guests like Kate Boyd, and, you know, and, and then people, it's like that no like, and trust factor. It increases all that awesome stuff. So then when the next time I launch, okay, well, now they trust me, they like me, they know me, so they're more willing to buy and it's all because I had consistent content so whatever consistent content even if that consistent content means just Instagram stories or if you have a weekly Facebook live show if you have anything that's where you need to be pushing them to but I would say only push them to at least one or two things don't you think so like don't yeah overwhelm definitely them. don't overwhelm yeah I mean I pick your favorite and a podcast thing. and a group and a Pinterest <laughs> Yeah. Pick the thing that you love the most, that you're most proud of, or that you do most consistently. I think that's Mm -hmm. the key is what is it that you do most consistently to add value and start there, you know, give them one or two um, so they can choose their favorite platform or or both. But Mm -hmm. yeah, definitely don't overwhelm with choices. The more choices you give them, the less likely they're to do anything. Yeah. And the conversion rate actually drops whenever you up the amount of links and you would think, oh, I'm giving them so many choices, but people don't like choices. And I have mm-hmm. learned this and this has been a hard lesson for me because I want, I want people to feel like they have choices and I'm not pressuring them, but people need to be told what you want them to do. So do you want them to follow you on Pinterest? You need to say, follow me on Pinterest by clicking here. And you know, they don't want to know these four different options of what kind of weekly content you have coming out. They want to know which is the one that you want me to follow and I will follow that one. Yeah. They don't want choices. They want direction because right. they, they have a choice already to click or not to click, to buy, to not to buy. Right. They don't need another choice. Like let's narrow it for them. And then they're more likely to take the right action to make a decision, which is really what all we want them to do in a launch or anytime is just make a decision because nobody likes being an indecision and we want to, you know, do that. Exactly. I like that. So is there any other tips that you have for post launching? I mean, I think we summed it up pretty well. I think it's really just about, you know, rebuilding that connection in that community for yourself and, and then giving yourself a chance to rest. So I always need to build that in for myself. I think sometimes we always forget, or what I started to notice after I launched is that there's a couple of days where like, I call them Eeyore days when I go through and I just like, well, where you just sort of feel bad about everything and you don't want to do anything. So I started like building days in after my launch, I would give myself a week to recover and then another week to then get caught back up. So whether that means like repurposing or like for my Facebook group, I let my clients host my Facebook group for a couple of weeks, like all these different things that you can do to sort of take yourself out, to give yourself a step back so that you can recharge because the temptation is to jump in, to do all the things And not pour back into yourself after, I mean, a launch is stressful. It takes a lot of energy. It'll take a lot out of you. Mm -hmm. Even if you, like, I I love launching more than almost anything in business. And I get really, and I just get tired and come down from them. So it's really important that you make sure that it's 
you're serving your audience and you're focused on them, but you're also serving yourself because that in the end makes you a better business owner and able to serve them better. So don't forget, you know, to, to work that time in too. So schedule in some bubble baths, make sure you mm-hmm. get a good shower, drink some wine, watch yeah. your favorite TV show on Netflix. So th- I like that. I can do that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, just take a few days off, read, sleep in. Yeah. Take naps, like take all the naps you want for a week, like whatever you need to do. (laughs) I love reading business books and podcasts. I feel like whenever you get through with such a big launch, you get uninspired because you've just poured out your whole heart and you're like, I'm so drained. And then I have to get pumped back up again. Like I need that passion and inspiration. So I'm always reading business books and I'm listening to podcasts. And I know that doesn't fit everyone. Sometimes people need to step away from business and they're like, okay, I need to recharge. I can't look at my business for three days. Um, so I guess it just depends on you and, and how you roll. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely know your own rhythm and go with that. Well, I love this so much. Seriously, Kate, thank you so much. Uh, where can people hang out with you? Yeah, so you can find me um, on my website at kateboyd.me. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got a nice launch checklist for you if you want that. Nice. I, so you can check that out on my free resources page, which you'll be able to find. Um, and you can see me on Instagram at kateboydcreative and then also on Facebook, um, kateboyd, comma, marketing and launch strategist, I think it's facebook.com slash Kate boy creative. It's really easy to get to. Um, yeah. And so that's where I hang out and that's where I let people know what's coming up. Perfect. Well, we'll have that launch checklist in the show notes. So you can head on over to marketbeautifully.com slash podcast and click over there and you can get that launch checklist along with her Instagram and Facebook page and all that and Facebook group. You mentioned you have a Facebook group, so we'll link all those in the show notes. Perfect. Okay. Well, thanks for being on the show. So glad we got a chat. Yes. Thanks for having me.